section thirteen of a day at a time by archibald alexander this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by marianne section thirteen the overcoming of panic jeremiah dwelt among the people that were left in the land jeremiah chapter forty verse six once upon a time jeremiah the prophet had asked for only one thing that he might get away from that strange city full of perverse men to whom it was his hard lot to be the mouthpiece of a god they were forgetting he was tired of them oh that i had in the wilderness a lodging-place of wayfaring men that i might leave my people and go from them well time passed on the people got no wiser and jeremiah's burden certainly got no lighter but the very chance he prayed for came he had a clear and honorable opportunity to go to the lodge in the wilderness or anywhere else he liked away from the men who had disowned his teaching his work was done apparently and he had failed yet with the door standing invitingly open see what jeremiah did he went and dwelt among the people that were left in the land he had his chance and he did not take it we all know something of this desire to get rid of a present hard duty or a difficult environment or a perplexing problem. And yet I wonder if the way were similarly opened up for us, how many would seize the opportunity. I believe that the feature of such a situation would be the large number of us who, when it came to the pinch, would choose as Jeremiah did to remain where we are. Something would hold us back. Yet the desire itself is natural enough, and a man need neither be a coward nor a weakling who confesses to it. The hours when the daily round seem altogether flat and unprofitable, and when one would gladly change places with almost anybody, are real hours in life, and it is no shame to have known them. But between that knowledge and the actual escape, the actual fleeing from one's post, there is a great gulf affixed that, for very many with any high ideal of duty, is impassable. For, though a man has known the state of mind that looks for some back door out of a depressing situation, he has had the other experience also, the joy of self-mastery, the keen sense of pleasure that comes to him when he discovers that his surroundings do not count for so much as he himself does. That experience, though it be only in memory, will stand between a man and retreat. He has conquered before, and the thrill of victory over material discouragements may be his again. And so, though the way of escape be open, he will choose to remain and fight it out. Sometimes the mere weight of his responsibility may tempt a man to wish that he might escape. There's a fairly well-known symptom of nervous disease whose name signifies the fear of being shut in when the patient dreads the experience of being in any closed place. Sometimes a moral panic of that kind comes to a man when he realizes that he is shut in with some duty which must be gone through with. With something of the instinct of the trapped animal, he may look round for a way of escape. Yet does that mean that he would take the chance deliberately, with eyes full open to the consequences, if it were offered? I think not. You can apply the test to yourself. Have you ever accepted some responsibility and then, when the occasion came nearer, backed out of it for no other reason than that you were afraid? 
If you have, you will perhaps remember whether you felt proud of yourself, whether, beneath the undoubted relief, there was not a good deal of quiet shame and self-scorn. If the same thing were to happen again, you might feel the impulse to desert. But if you remember your former experience, you would hardly yield to it, I imagine. The plain truth is that no proper man really likes a soft job. In the long run, says J.A. Simmons, we really love the sternest things in life the best. And he speaks truth. There is a certain exhilaration in the endurance of hardness. Responsibility braces most men like a shock of cold water. What is arduous calls them as with a trumpet. And in the general sense of quiet contempt for the person who, in a panic, flings up his responsibility, we may recognize one of God's elementary checks upon cowardice. There are those who are reading these words who are enduring hardness and making sacrifices from which they might easily escape. They do at times desire relief. But the point is that they don't take it when it is possible. And I say there must be some reason for this. What is it that holds men back from the easy way when it stands open before them? For one thing, I think, the sense of the place that hardness and effort and endurance play in every true life. For centuries, men have climbed up to strength of character, if at all, by ways uniformly arduous and steep. And distrust of the primrose path, however alluring, has passed as an instinct into our blood, in the small, unheroic affairs of life, we have learned that a difficulty faced and overcome, or a duty doggedly fulfilled, add a precious something to experience that there is no other way of securing. The schoolboy on a hot summer day may look up from his task, away out wistfully to the cool shade of the trees across the playground, and wish that he were there rather than where he is. Yet he knows what we all come to learn that that is not the road to anything in life worth the gaining. Another deterring impulse is the sense of a divine vocation. Our calling and circumstances are ordained for us by God, and we must not quit the field till the day is done. It is he who has chosen our lot in life and summoned us to the sphere we fill. We may succeed or fail as seems to him best. Sometimes he places men, for reasons of his own, in corners where success, as commonly measured, is not possible. But one thing, success or failure, we must not do. We must not shirk. We must not run away. God means us to stand fast and do our best. For failure, even if it be honorable, he may have his good word at the last. But to the man who has shirked life's hard duties, not even God can say, well done. Prayer Lord of our life and God of our salvation, make us strong to endure hardness as good soldiers of Jesus Christ. Thou sendest no man a warfare upon his own charges. In dependence on thy help, grant us grace to do each duty as the hour and thy will may bring it. And, with thy fear in our hearts, grant us deliverance from all other fears whatever. For thy name's sake. Amen. End of section 13.